On this edition of the Marcus Walsh Show, we're talking NFL standings and news. Big NBA news with players on the move, MLB standings, news, notes, and playoff picture info, college football's top 25, surprises, and a look ahead to the second third of the year, and high school impressions of the loco, along with Kevin Libby's impressions of the Bluffton Bobcats, plus a weekend of impressions and impersonations for your humble host. All this and more is on the Marcus Wall Show, and it starts right now. Clear the mechanism. Attention high school sports fans, are you an armchair official? You know, the parent or fan who constantly yells at the referees and loves to let everyone know just how bad you think they are. Well, if you think you could do better, then get in the game and prove it. It's time for you to suit up and make the calls where they actually count. Every sport in South Carolina needs more officials. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Welcome in and thanks for joining us on the Marcus Wall Show on this first day of October. That's right, Sunday, October 1st, 2023. Marcus Walsh alongside with you and joining me shortly will be the one and only Kevin Libby. We are from the Bat Cave. Batman. Uh Happy Sunday, everybody, and certainly hope everybody's having a great start to another week. We've got a lot to get into, and I'm going to start off talking about what I was up to on the weekend. We'll get into uh, Kevin's first-time broadcasting venture uh, shortly with with him. He filled in for me on the call of the Hilton Head Bluffton game on Friday on WHHI-TV. He was right next to Daniel Court, and that's because I was at the Hilton Head Choral Society concert singing... And uh, certainly rocking my heart out like Elvis towards the end of it. Um, Certainly had a great time at the concert talking about and singing about all things color. Uh, Dustin Owsley, tremendous young director, helping us get us to where we need to be, certainly, and uh, got us to where we needed to be for that. It was a lot of fun and uh, definitely a special concert for me. A lot of reasons why I, I felt the tug of certainly singing that concert and missing a heck of a game on Friday. We'll talk about that more as uh, as we go on. But it was a great concert. Got to break out the Elvis at the end with the Joseph and the Technicolor Dream Cut uh, Dream Coat solo, and uh, had had a lot of fun. Got some other concerts coming up that I'm going to be in involved with the Mary Green Chorale, the Hilton Head Symphony Orchestra Chorus. And with St. Luke's Anglican Church on the south end of Hilton Head Island, all of those happening in either November or December. Um, Actually, check that. All of them will be happening in the month of November. So more stuff going on there. Um, It was was just a lot of fun over the last couple of days, though. But I, I missed a really good ball game. But there are some very good things happening in the world of sports. Speaking of high school sports, want to definitely... Do a plug for the Loco guys, Justin Jarrett, Wes Kerr. They do a tremendous job with the Loco Lowdown, Mondays and Thursdays. They do Loco Game Day, which I am on Fridays at 12.45-ish usually. It starts at 12.30, and that goes for about an hour. 
And then they have the Loco Pigskin Live, which is the post game. And I was on that uh, in my duds in, in the tuxedo. Kevin joined us. We have a whole bunch of guests as well. And so I've, I've been the contributor for, for Loco through WHHI all season long. I've even gone to a couple of games just to kind of catch the action and, and whatnot and uh, definitely plan on doing that more. So check those guys out. Uh, Justin West, the rest of the guys that are roving reporters, uh, doing a great job. You can catch it on Facebook, Twitter, other social media. You can go to locosports.com, view the website, great stuff from the print, uh, audio and video spectrums, a lot of very good podcast information, and they, they really work hard. So I wanted to give them a special shout-out near the top of this show, and uh, we we definitely like to get Justin and Wes on at some point here soon to talk you know their, their careers and whatnot because they, they really have, have been doing this like myself and, and Kevin for, uh, for quite some time. And uh, it's been a lot of fun getting to be with them and really do a lot of uh, great stuff with them so far this football season. And there's going to be a whole lot more coming. We've got a whole lot more other sports to talk to uh, or talk to you folks about, Kevin and I do. But first, I want to wrap things up by talking a little bit of college football. Some surprises so far in the league Um Tell you what, there's there's a lot of really interesting stuff going on in college football. One of them is Kentucky and the SEC and the fact that they just put a whooping on Florida, 33-14 to yesterday. Michigan with a big win. Another surprise team in the Big 12 is Kansas, but they got whooped by Texas. I love this Texas team. That was 40-14. to Notre Dame with a huge comeback and a huge win over Duke with the avenging of the Ohio State loss. 21-14, Notre Dame beats Duke at Duke. Alabama seems like they're starting to get things right. They are number 12 heading into today after a 40-17 win over Mississippi State last night. Washington looks really good. I haven't seen them yet in person, but they win over Arizona 31-24. Ohio State had the week off. Georgia with a really tough Come from behind, win back and forth. It was on the plains. They beat Auburn 27-20. to What a barn burner between Ole Miss and LSU. Ole Miss with a huge 55-49 win. Uh, Oklahoma with a big win, 50-20 to over Iowa State. The big game, the Red River rivalry showdown between Oklahoma and Texas is next week. Game day will be there. I got to think that Fowler, Herb Street, and Rowe will be calling it at high noon. Um, Tennessee with a big win over South Carolina. And so if you go back to my situation with my top four, I had Georgia, Clemson, USC, and Texas. And USC with a huge win over Colorado. Colorado was getting whooped on in the first half, but the second half of the game broke out. Final score of 48-41. I believe it was 34-14 USC over Colorado at halftime and USC looks really good obviously with Caleb Williams and so I'm really feeling good Clemson with a huge win over Syracuse I'm really feeling good about three of those teams I'm feeling really good right now about Georgia obviously I'm feeling really good about Texas and I'm feeling really good about USC with the fact that Clemson has already lost two games we've never seen a two-loss team in the playoff 
So it's going to be interesting. Michigan has played really well and done a lot of really good things. But what's what's things go, what are things going to be like for them come the next few weeks? Harbaugh is going to be getting back in there as the head coach off the suspension. They've got J.J. McCarthy. They've got a lot of really good things happening for them. We'll see. And obviously, as the season continues, once they get into November, and I was talking to Sam uh, a little bit ago about the big Ohio State-Michigan game. I was educating her on the rivalry between Ohio State and Michigan. You know, that's going to be a huge game this year, too. Ohio State keeps on keeping on. They they had a great comeback and really a lot of guts against Notre Dame last week. So I'm feeling really good about three of the four picks that I had for the Final Four. Again, this is the last year of the four-team college football playoff. It's going to be really interesting how things go into the 12-team playoff, which will start next year. Um, This would be a great year for it because there are a lot of really good teams. North Carolina with a big game uh, against Syracuse next week, and Syracuse is looking awfully good despite that loss to Clemson last night or yesterday afternoon. Florida State's taking on Virginia Tech. Florida State looks like the best team in the ACC still to this point. Um, So there's a lot of stuff going on. In college football, a lot of really good teams, a lot of good coaches, a lot of good athletes, and uh, it's definitely a fun time of year as we enter the second third of the season, being that we're five weeks through. There are 15 weeks in the college football regular season. Of course, concluding the regular season is that big game every year between Army and Navy, and uh, that's going to be a lot of fun too. Uh, But there are a lot of really good teams and definitely some surprises along the Division One ranks of college football. Again, great concerts coming up for me. I'll give you more information on those. This last one was a lot of fun Friday night. A lot of, a lot of singing and some up-downs too, uh, but a lot of fun for sure, and, and we had a great time even at the Afterglow at Street Meet. And uh, it's great to sing with the Choral Society, the rest of the choirs that I sing in. It's also great to be on the sidelines or in the booth calling high school football as well, and, and doing that with uh, WHHI-TV and then working certainly with Loco Sports kind of closely hand-in-hand hand with the merger there. Um, shout out to everybody at WHHI, and uh, I, I know that the game Friday was great. Looking forward to watching it, and uh, I'll see you guys again real soon with the uh, Bluffton Bay River game coming up. That'll be the next one that we'll have on October 20th, and then on the 27th, we will see Hilton Head Christian Academy against Hilton Head Prep. I've seen Academy. Uh, had the BA game that we actually did in studio um, retroactive to about a week ago when Daniel and I saw Battery Creek and Whale Branch, and, and that one was really fun for a quarter or so, and we've seen a lot of good football. It's been an interesting start to the year. Kevin and I will talk about that, get his thoughts especially on one of the two teams that he saw in person that I have not seen yet in person, that being the Bluffton Bobcats. We've got a whole lot more as well in professional and the, I guess you could say, semi-professional ranks. I'll, I'll get his thoughts briefly on college. And then uh, we're talking, like I said, a lot of NFL. Major League Baseball season ending today for the regular season, and then some big NBA news that I didn't know anything about until just recently. It's all coming up 
as we're talking reflections and absorptions on the Marcus Wall Show today, segment two with Kevin. The music you hear on the Marcus Wall Show is provided courtesy of TBMM Productions, Tyler Brown Multimedia, for all things low country. Dial 843-715-1935. We can do it, take your time, do it right, we can do it, baby. Welcome back to the Batcave and the Marcus Wall Show on this October 1st. Hard to believe that we are into the month of October already. Get your fall stuff out, folks. We are in it, and we are here for it for the moment. Marcus Walsh, Kevin Libby joins me. This, of course, is his humble haven. Kev, how you living? Pretty pretty good, I'd say, right? Large. It's a one-bedroom, baby. Man, oh man, you you had quite the night. I mean, we both did. I'll, I'll get into what I was up to more on uh, on Friday night here shortly. I talked about it briefly, but I'll continue with it a little bit to uh, to give you like the full context of, of what I was up to. But uh, you had quite the night filling in for me and saw quite the ball game between Hilton Head and Bluffton. Let's start there and, and go over some of the thoughts that we have and musings of this high school football season that we've seen because you've seen every game now I missed that one but you were on the sideline and will continue to be for the rest of them um talk first uh to the folks about Bluffton because I haven't seen them in person yet obviously still a really good team despite a couple of missteps throughout the season they lost a close game to Buford, they lost a game by 11 to Jenkins to open up the season. They were going up against the Hilton Head team that also lost to Buford uh, in in a close game that we had a few weeks ago on WHHI, and then they ended up losing to Hampton pretty good. Timko was hurt in that Hampton game, but he was back and was a factor when he could be, but it sounds like he was pretty contained. Talk about what, what you saw with Bluffton and how they just – came out and, and really made things kind of interesting for this, this Hilton Ed team that some people have as maybe the best in 7-4-A. Marcus, let me tell you, it was Owen Bay's coming out party. Owen Bay's is, Owen Bay's is a dude. Um, it was really fun to watch him. I did lay on, as I was calling the game for WHHI, a little bit of the Marcus. I laid on a little bit of the voice. And it was super fun, but it was not about me. It was about this kid, Owen Bays. He's the quarterback who came from Hilton Head High, where he was splitting time, didn't want to split time, didn't want, didn't want to have a platoon role, came to Bluffton, got to be the leader of the Bobcats. Again, as a broadcast coming from Bluffton, nice to see a kid show up and have a coming out party. What a performance. And I'll say this, his first performance with Bluffton was at Hilton Head if memory serves, I believe the game was at Hilton Head, on the basketball court, that game that we had, and it was at Hilton Head, right? I mean, that's my recollection. He's a big dude, and so as a fan of bigs, again, um, I think that's when we first met him. And um, that's that's when you first saw him. I've I've called some of his other games, of course, and I mean, that, that was definitely an environment, but this one had to have been too. A lot of, a lot of big plays. Um, Javari and Hamilton, from what I heard, got into the action as well for Hilton Head offensively, especially. But you said there was definitely some trickeration and some big moments in this 28-24 victory for the Bobcats. To give you a little bit of color, are you familiar with the hook and ladder? Of course. So it's more than just a sub to me now. Uh, the hook and ladder was the play of the game. There was a big turnover, 
and ball security the whole game was probably the story of the night. Um, but what a performance across the board, both sides. We saw um, there was a pick six that, that J.J. talked about on the uh, local lowdown that um, was probably the game-changing play until those Bobcats came back. And in terms of strategy, I know we're not going to spend too much time on, on the local games, but boy, was it a fun game to watch. Um, what we saw out of B.J. Payne was a three-down lineman set, mostly running two-gap, where he's basically going 3-4, sometimes 3-6 in the linebacker department, just trying to get this kid to throw. And, again, he was the quarterback for Hilton Head last year. So they, the defense he played against every, every you know, camp and everything is obviously that defense for the most part. And they knew all of his calls. They knew all of his motions pre-snap. But the kid still came out and just showed he can throw and, like, really had a great mentality getting – challenged by his former coach in the most intensive way possible um, you talk about why they call it the gridiron this guy went into the the pressure cooker and came out hardened I mean this kid was amazing I hope that's his new normal we saw an amazing quarterback performance that's the thing everyone likes about football frankly not just high school football I'm excited for everybody to see it and Marcus to call a game in your stead again I always say it, you are my my Carson Carson made people's careers by letting someone sit in his chair and to be the guy that sits next to you, I would say, I'm your Ed. Yes, you are correct, sir. Yes, you are a winner. Um, it was the flattery of a lifetime for me to have that. We'll cherish that game. And um, it's nice to share it with a really talented quarterback. So, Marcus, back to you. <laughs> Thank you, pal. Um, I, I actually was mistaken. There was one game that you missed that I'll talk about briefly and that was the fact that we had Jessa Jeremiah and Joseph Keith while we were at the Whale Branch Battery Creek game, which was a game for a half. Battery Creek came out with a 12 nothing lead, and then Whale Branch just took over. So many athletes. Battery Creek would be set and, and a lot better if they were healthy, but they're not, unfortunately. Um, we had Joseph and Jessa over at the uh, – the game between BA and HHCA, and then Daniel and I called that the other day from studio, and this was the first time for me seeing HHCA, and they look they look really good. I, I tell you what, they have some dudes on that team still. Dylan Clark, absolutely phenomenal. Um, some other guys really got into the act and, and did well. Big, big injury towards the uh, second half of that game, for BA hurt them, but BA with their first loss of the year, HHCA is only getting better. They're riding high on a winning streak after starting 0-2. These two teams are going to be big-time factors in Skiza. Whale Branch, best team in 1A. Um, Buford and uh, May River really surprised me in that first half of a 2-0 game that, that we called a few weeks back. And then it turned into a great ball game, 16-13. I'm excited to see May River in uh, in a few weeks when they take on Bluffton again. That'll always be f- uh, th- that matchup is always fun, and it will be fun. And then we've got Hilton Head Prep, who came close to possibly getting a win or two. Unfortunately, I'm not sure if it's going to happen this year. Uh, they're taking on that great HHCA team out of 3A. That's a region game, and that's another thing that we mentioned too is the fact that we've got these three region matchups now set up where we'll ha- we'll see May River Bluffton we will certainly see HHCA and Hilton Head Prep plus the game that you had between Bluffton and Hilton Head and region play it's on and it it means a lot are you ready for Hayden Gregory i know you met him before it's just have you seen him in a game environment 
Well, of course. I, I saw him last year when, when Bluffton came back and, and won that game in overtime on Hilton Head. And, of course, I've seen him in, in the game environment. I've interviewed him several times, including on Loco. I interviewed him when uh, Joe and I were there, along with Lisa Richardson, when he got introduced. And I interviewed him when he got introduced as the Bluffton head coach. He's amazing. It's so much energy, so dedicated to the kids, and all these guys are. Um, there's nothing quite like Hayden Gregory when he's when he's on, and, and he's on a lot. So it was my first time experiencing him in the game environment. Obviously, this is my first year back with football and a, and a year off post-COVID. But um, he was just electric. And so I'm, I'm post-game, this is a moment for me because J.J., Justin Jarrett, our buddy, comes up to me. And um, my priority at that point in the game was going to be get a selfie with, with J.J. You know, he's always saying, give me a selfie when you're out there in the, on the field. And I got distracted by this guy who was speaking in the most – compelling way and he was every person around him was locked in and i was just like jj are you, are you seeing this and he's like oh yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's this we're, guy <laughs> we're used to it how do you get used to that anywho hayden gregory enjoy him um in in i hope you get another post game with him because that guy can fire it up i'm sure if if bluffton comes out and they win i, I think the may river game is going to be quite compelling tanner macy's been absolutely crazy um good in in some of these games i've seen him away from just actually calling <clears throat> excuse me calling that May River game that we had a couple of weeks ago against Buford um, might see him against Colton County coming up a lot of a lot of great action a lot of great players as, as Justin Jarrett Daniel Court you myself you know the rest of our WHHI crew we all talk about we get excited and we do this and it sounds like it's all about us, especially as the play by the the lead play by play guy. I guess I guess I can call you now like my Greg Gumble, um, being that, that you've got that under your belt. Former number two guy for CBS. Being oh. that you filled in for me. Oh, just I'm your understudy. If you get, if you get a cold, sure. I'm there. <laughs> um being that, that we, you know, see that and, and that type of thing to be able to dictate what's going on with with these stories, it's it's phenomenal. Um, and we get to bring it to you, and it's it's just a thrill. Um, obviously, working with Daniel, talk about that experience real quick. So Daniel Court, for those who don't know, is a local most most people know him as a golfer because he's very very good. But if you haven't seen Daniel Court and, and with real estate, oh sure, Daniel Court lifestyle experts, go check them out. They were rad. Um, he's he's an expert at many things. He was a quarterback at Travelers Rest High School, and, and then Furman for a year. He was in Furman. Yeah, he went. He went to Furman. He he played football his freshman year, got hurt, and then started really focusing on golf. He was he was a Furman um, paladin. I still have no. I guess it's a knight. But yeah, he wore he wore the Furman purple. DC, I should have been more inquisitive on the broadcast. That was uh, no surprise to me because of how excellent he is, not just as a professional, but DC was amazing. Are you kidding? Um, if you don't know him from his golf, you might know him locally from his performance in the Main Stage Community Theater. Am I saying that right? That's right. And and other theaters throughout the Low Country, and particularly Hilton Head. He he played the um, the big part in Hunchback in Notre Dame a few years ago. That's how I initially met him. Uh, and so yeah, he's one of a kind. 
he quasi got my motor going. He starts me out making me feel like I'm Brady, right? Because, like, he's, he's to me, blood. So he's this dude who's been around the, the gut, knows what, what's going on here. He's been, been doing it for a while. Around the gut. That's something maybe I'm more familiar with, actually. Anywho, he's in better shape than me. We're both on TV. That's my joke to myself on that one. So DC and I are on air. And, again, this is a guy who knows how to manage the stage, handle a microphone. And I'm just trying to perform. And the advice he gave me was handle this like a one night only. You know how that goes. It means if you're going to say it, say it. If you're going to have fun, have fun. Because it's all burning down tomorrow. This set's coming down. Go ahead and, and again, feeling like Brady with Bledsoe stepping into uh, Charlie Weiss yakking at Brady and saying, hey, take take care of that ball. And then Bledsoe stepping in front, getting Brady's attention and going, hey, get out there and sling it. And, of course, that led to the Super Bowl. Victory that was over the greatest show on turf. Defense wins championships. Man, to work with Daniel Court is like the highest form of the craft. He's an expert, the best. DC, love you. And uh, you'll be back courtside with me calling calling <laughs> basketball before long. I pick up what you're putting down. Yeah, that's but, what, that's but why you'll you're be, the OG. You'll be working the sidelines too, of course. Um, but again, thanks for stepping up and, and doing it for me. Uh, I know I missed a great one, but I, I'm sure it was great. I can't wait to hear it. And uh, the crew we had was outstanding. Jessa was doing the sideline interviews and, and whatnot. And uh, we've, we've got a great crew that we work with each and every day, let alone each and every Friday night. I'm so excited for you to see it because Joseph Keith did an amazing job on the camera. And I was so confident I'm going to just rattle off all the crew and not miss anybody. I miss Joseph Keith on the camera. So, Jace, I'm going to talk about it with him. I haven't seen him in person yet, but uh, Joseph, i got something for you coming in the next game. And uh, that'll be great. Larry Giacomot will join us back from Italy uh, in a couple of days, but he'll he'll be back with us on the 20th. Um, certainly want to thank, and, and while you mentioned the crew, not sure if we'll have him the next couple of games to end our season. Certainly want to thank Christopher Sanders for coming in and, and helping out, and, and we'll you know see if, if we need something the next few weeks, um, but he was invaluable with Larry doing his travels and us being short-staffed, and even with me missing Friday um, due to my hunka hunka Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat Elvis here. Oh yeah, baby. Oh, that that was the big thing. But I sang a couple other solos too, or uh, other pieces. Um, did the Brown Eyed Girl by. Uh, Morrison. Originally Van Morrison. Van Morrison. And uh, also did a trio on a song called Autumn Violets, which was very nice as well in this concert. And then we did a bunch of other stuff, ran the gamut. It was a was a great concert. Had a great, very enthused audience, too, over at First Presbyterian Church Friday night. To our studio guest, Sam Wolf. Sam, by a show of head nod... Was the best part of Marcus's Elvis the... Mm-hmm. Yeah, give, you got to give the audience a little bit more of that, please. Oh, oh yeah. I get that the football game was fun, but you missed a great show Friday if you weren't in concert. JJ keeps getting on you about a tape of that thing. Is that coming out at some point? I, I have to check. Um, I really do. I, unfortunately, I doubt it, but... I should say I doubt that it will be available for Monday. That's really what he was hoping for. But we'll we'll see when we can get it as soon as we can. You're saying it might have been a one night only? Well we'll see. I'm not exactly sure. I'm I'm not quite up to date on those things, but I'll see if I can grab it. 
Let's see. Anything else as far as high school musings and, and whatnot? Oh, there was one other thing that I wanted to ask you about high school musings, and we talked so much about the um, the teams in 7-4-A. Who's... For the kids who haven't gone to college yet, what's amusing? <laughs> Just the topics. That's that's where my head's going right now. I find you amusing. Back yes. to you. Thank you very much. Um, yes. Who's, who's the best... Who's the best in 7-4-A for you right now, especially seeing Bluffton with that victory over Hilton Head? Is Buford 7-4-A? They, they were, but they're 8-3-A. They're, they're the best in 8-3-A um, that I've seen. Philip Simmons put put a hurting on him the other night, but uh, like James Island, Bluffton, Hilton Head, May River, those are the 4 and 7-4-A that a lot of people are talking about. I think the majority's got to be on Bluffton, right? I mean, look at them. They beat Hilton Head and Bluffton both 3-2 and two going into that game. Bluffton by an eyelash. I'll, I'll see. I've, I've been really high on Hilton Head because of what they've been able to do. Um, we'll see if that opinion sways. And I I think May River made a, might have something to say about it towards the end of things. But I'm really looking forward to that May River Bluffton game. That's always a huge rivalry. That's that's like Duke, North Carolina, because they're so close. Um, it's gonna be gonna be a lot of fun for sure. That'll do it for segment two. And when we return, we're talking Major League Baseball. It's the final day of the regular season. We'll talk some NFL as well as the season is underway. With that, certainly want to thank Tyler Brown, TBMM Productions for the tunes. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. And certainly Larry Jackamot for the VOs. You're going to hear more of those upcoming because we're going to break. Segment three, talking more professional sports. A little bit of the seams and a little bit of the uh, the pigskin. Talking football and baseball next in segment three. This is the Marcus Wall Show. We'll be right back. Timeout. All right. Remember, we're a team that plays together. Listen, the winning will take care of itself. We just have to get everyone involved. In interscholastic sports, we celebrate what makes every one of us unique. And in the pursuit of a common goal, everyone in the huddle, in the bleachers, and in the community comes together. This message presented by the SCHSL and the South Carolina Athletic Administrators Association. We're having fun here at the Bat Cave on the Marcus Walsh Show. Marcus Walsh, Kevin Libby, of course. Sam is sitting in as well, and it's time to talk NFL. Actually learned something just a second ago. I literally had no idea that this happened or that this was true, but Gilbert Gottfried, until his passing, voiced the duck for Aflac, which I happen to say whenever there's a penalty, it's brought to you by Aflac. Did, did you do the duck on Friday? I'm going to let you answer your own question on that one, pal. Yes. Uh-huh. I'm reading that he was fired after some tweets in 2011. So he did it until 2011. And uh, so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to hearing that call that uh, that you did for sure with DC. But time to talk a little NFL, speaking of initials. And so far, it's been an interesting start to the NFL season. I think you can make a case that the most interesting team to this point 
and they play your Patriots today at 425. How about them? Is the Dallas Cowboys. They got off to a great start, 2-0, and then they just got smoked by Arizona. The game apparently was not nearly as close as the final score, and that final score was 28-16 to last week. Um, just craziness happening. What's what's impressed you before we get into the standings? What's impressed you so far or maybe not impressed you so far in terms of the NFL season? It's a lot of what we saw last year. I don't think we had that many coaching changes. I think that a lot of this um, was pretty consistent. The money went where the money went. You can chase those guys around for changes, but Ravens look really good. I like the way that they play. Um, I like the way that they're coached. And as the weather gets cold, I look out for all the things that are changing. You know, uh, there's teams that play really well when it's hot out that don't play very well when it's cold out. And that's what I look for in this time of year is who's transitioning, who's for real, and who's just part of the show. Right. No doubt. On to the coverage map, which will also tell you who called what games. Detroit and Green Bay, what a game. And the Detroit Lions, they're a huge surprise. Al Michaels, Kirk Herbstreet, and Kaylee Hartung were there for that one via Amazon. Atlanta took on Jacksonville earlier. Chris Fowler, Lewis Riddick, Dan Orlovsky had the call of that. Laura Rutledge was also there working the sideline. Jacksonville with a huge win over Atlanta. From what I saw, Atlanta did not look very good at all. The Sunday night game, Kansas City and the New York Jets on NBC. Big game for Mike Tirico, Chris Collinsworth, and company. Monday night, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, and Lisa Salters will have Seattle and the New York Giants on ESPN and ABC. The 1 o'clock window for CBS, Miami Buffalo, Jim Nance, Tony Romo, Baltimore, Cleveland, Ian Eagle, Charles Davis, Andrew Catalan, Tiki Barber, Matt Ryan at Denver, Chicago, Spiro, Spiro Ditas and Adam Archuleta at Pittsburgh, Houston, and then Vegas and the L.A. Chargers in the late window on CBS at 4, Kevin Harlan and Trent Green. On Fox, Washington, Philly, Joe Davis, Daryl Johnston, Cincy, Tennessee, Adam Amin, Mark Schlereth, L.A. Rams, Indianapolis Colts, that's Kenny Albert, Jonathan Vilma, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, Chris Myers, and Robert Smith. And then Minnesota and Carolina, Alex Faust and Brady Quinn with the call of that. And then the late action, we've got Kevin Burkhart, Greg Olson, Aaron Andrews, Tom Rinaldi at New England, Dallas. And then Arizona, San Fran, Kevin Kugler, Mark Sanchez, and company with that one. And uh, Kevin, while I'm getting the score or the standings up, if you could possibly do a scoring update of uh, the 1 o'clock action that's going on. I'll pop over to the old NFL.com and see what the NFL.com has. It's 3.01 p.m. as of our recording. Not sure quite when we're going to drop this one, but I'd say there's a decent chance that you know how these games are going to end. Um, <laughs> decent chance. Depends if you like sports tenor. Actually, I'm going to ramble just because it's a chance to ramble. Uh, I got one really good, nice touchdown that I got to call. And my line was hoping that people with their at buttons might be able to get this play onto Sports Center. I just I, thought, I forget exactly the call, but it was something to the effect of "Hey, Sports Center." All right, you got what you want. Sure. Your game's over. It's just what happened since we talked about it. Okay, here's back to Marcus. <laughs> All right. The AFC East looks like this with Miami at three and zero, Buffalo at two and one, and then New England and the New York Jets at one and two. 
Pittsburgh at two and one, and Baltimore and Cleveland. Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Cleveland. Say it better, Marcus. They're all at two and one, and Cincinnati in the basement of the North at one and two. Indianapolis at two and one, leading the South. Jacksonville at two and two, including the win today against Atlanta. Houston and Tennessee at one and two, rounding out the South. And then the AFC West. Kansas City leads with a two and one record. The Vegas Raiders and the Los Angeles Chargers at 1-2, and the Denver Broncos 0-3. In the NFC, Philadelphia leading the way at 3-0, Dallas at 2-1, Washington at 2-1, the New York football Giants at 1-2, and without Saquon Barkley, that's big. The Detroit Lions leading the way at 3-1, Green Bay Packers at 2-2, and Minnesota and Chicago both 0-3 to start the year. The NFC South, New Orleans at 2-1, Tampa Bay at 2-1, Atlanta at 2-2, Carolina at 0-3 and trending even further south. Uh, it's now looking good in Carolina right now. The San Francisco 49ers at 3-0. The Seattle Seahawks at 2-1. The Los Angeles Rams at 1-2. And, and the Arizona Cardinals at 1-2. Kevin and I both ended up taking Baltimore over Philadelphia in the Super Bowl. I talked a little bit about the teams that I picked for the college football playoff and those were Georgia, Clemson, USC, and Texas. I feel really good about three of those teams. Clemson with two losses, not quite as much. Um, real quick, since I didn't have you in to talk college football, do you remember the four that you picked? I remember a couple of them anyhow. And uh, your, your thoughts quickly on college football so far. Um, so exciting. I reckon I went about shock. I had Michigan in there. You also had Ohio State and Alabama and Georgia, I believe. Why did you ask if you knew it, buddy? I, I, th- I think that's right. Well, just your your thoughts on those teams. You you think it's going to stand out that way? I have no idea. It's You're an excellent attorney. You didn't ask a question you didn't know the answer to. Um, Marcus Walsh, do I know what's going to happen in the collegiate football experience? I watch on Sundays because I only really get one day. So to answer your question, it's like the tournament for me, the NCAA tournament. It's a toss-up. I'm going to say Georgia because we're recording in Bluffton, South Carolina, and go Dogs. There you go. There you have it. And uh, certainly some very interesting stuff. As far as the news of the NFL season, obviously Aaron Rodgers going down. That's huge for the New York Jets. Saquon Barkley going down. Huge for the New York Giants. Um, Anything else really catch your eye here early on in the season? Is Joe Burrow okay? It's a great question. That's for sure when it comes to injuries and whatnot. I think it's going to be a toss-up of who's going to win the NFC North between Detroit and Green Bay because I tell you what, the Detroit Lions look really, really good. Um, Buffalo is uh, looking better as well on the AFC side of things. It's still very early, obviously, but some teams are really showing that they are a notch or two above other teams division-wise or even within the respective conferences. If you have a top five quarterback, you're good. If you don't, you're nervous. If you have uh, nothing that comes close to a top five quarterback, you're you're in the tank zone. I'd say we're in the time of year where we're looking out for people that are tanking. We might see a trade. You might see like a. You might see a trade. You might see some money moves. You know how I feel about Rihanna. This is true. Let's move to Major League Baseball, and uh, this is the final day for both of our teams in terms of the regular season, and it's going to be 
it's going to be a bit of a a bittersweet one for for us with the fact that Terry Francona is calling it a career we think. You know, the the time that he spent in Cleveland, he got you guys a ring in Boston, and he doggone near did it for us as well in 2016 when we played the Chicago Cubs. Um, One-of-a-kind manager, one-of-a-kind guy, and no doubt he's going to be missed. Who's going to replace him? Who knows? I mean, Cleveland has several uh, guys that they could interview within the organization, um, and they've got others that will, you know, stick around, whatnot. They may go outside. Lots of names going to be bandied about. I'll do the shortened version of this and only focus on the team's that will be in the playoff hunt. Baltimore 101 and 60, Tampa Bay 98 and 63, Toronto 89 and 72. They are all in the playoff picture as of now in the American League East. In the Central, only one team is in it, and that's Minnesota at 87 and 74. With a win today, Cleveland would get to 77 wins and have a 77 and 85 season. Uh, they're playing Detroit, who is 77 and 84. Chicago, likely a 100 or 101 loss team, and Kansas City with a really tough year. Texas, they are in the playoff hunt at 90 and 71. Houston at 89 and 72. Seattle, LA, and Oakland eliminated from playoff contention officially as of I believe last night. Atlanta, 104 and 57. The Philadelphia Phillies, 89 and 72. The Miami Marlins, 84 and 76. They are all in the playoff picture. In the Central, the Milwaukee Brewers, 91 and 70. Winners of the Central, they are the only team in the playoff picture out of that division. And in the West, there are two teams in the playoff picture out of the National League West. The Los Angeles Dodgers at 99 and 62. And the Arizona Diamondbacks had a great start to the year, fizzled a little bit towards the middle, but came back strong. 84 and 77. They are in the playoffs as well. So, my World Series prediction at the beginning of the year not coming true. I had Cleveland and New York, but I've come up with a new one. Knowing what you know now, your World Series prediction for 2023 and and winner. Mm, I went Homer for the Dogs. What do you think I'm going to do for baseball? Who do I love? I love the Red Sox, and I love whoever beats the Yankees. This year, give me the Braves. Give me where Warren Spahn used to wear and stripe up. Give me the history of these Bravos from Milwaukee. Give me Ronald Acuna Jr. and the true Venezuelan, you know, culture that thrives on baseball. And, you know, it's the best thing that happened to Venezuela since, um, what, the Giants when they had the Panda? Let's go ahead and rock with the postseason. It's not quite like hockey. Remember coming into hockey when Kevin on this show was all excited about my one seed Bruins with all the points, and then I was like, "Yeah, but it's a crapshoot," and they lost in the first round in spite of the most points ever. Well, these Bravos are coming in with like one of the best records ever. They're not the 1997 Yankees. They have Ronald Acuna Jr. healthy. They have great pitching. I like Matt Strider. You should too. It's going to be fun. Spencer Strider. Spencer I'm sorry. Strider and, and Max Fried. That's where I'm at. But uh, I like pitching. It's what I watch. And if you like pitching in the playoffs, it's not Glavin, Maddox, and Smoltz, but it's fun enough to watch when it's not the Red Sox to me. Again, not my team fundamentally, but, I, I mean, how hard is it to cheer for the Braves? It's not. How about the American League and then a winner? 
Didn't mean to disrespect, by the way, staying on my point. Um, the Braves beat the Indians in the World Series. They did in 95. Are you over it? Not exactly. In 96, the Packers with uh, Brett Favre beat my Patriots. Ask me if I'm over it. No. Or, yeah, of course you're not. So uh, I'm with you, and I feel your pain. Um, what was the question? I focused on me too much. You're American League winner. Who cares? The Yankees are done. Um, the Oakland A's, believe it or not, not the juggernaut we thought. Uh, out of the American League this year, I think the Houston Astros, who are still garbage to me, are probably going to win. Houston. All right. And then Atlanta over Houston rematch. I would watch that with joy. Not as much as watching Dirk meet, be, uh, meet and beat LeBron because I'm a Boston fan. And LeBron gave us some uh, – or just a hard time for years in the East. It was the end of my Celtics era. Um, he's the one to put the – how do you say bury someone in a polite way? <laughs> he ended the KG era in Boston. And um, I'm not over that either. So emotions and sports, who knew? Apparently that's a thing. Apparently so. Sam always says to me, why are you yelling? And I'm just like, because this means something. It's it's completely meaningless to paraphrase what Mike Greenberg always says. It's it's great to just be so invested in something that really doesn't mean anything at the end of the day. I'm going to go with you on Atlanta, and I'm going to have them facing the Baltimore Orioles. I've got Atlanta and the Baltimore Orioles in <laughs> in the World Series and I'm going to go Atlanta in seven. So I've got Atlanta over Baltimore. You've got Atlanta over Houston. How many games? I like your series more because Baltimore is such a better team. I go, um, I want to only watch five of those games. And I'm hoping that the Strohs take one, get way too confident, they become the villain, and then four more. I'd like to see four straight. I don't know what's going to happen, Marcus. It's baseball. Absolutely, and if there's a guy that can do a Buzz Brainerd impression just as Daniel Court can do the O.C. Welch guy, it's you, my friend, because <laughs> your Buzz Brainerd's as good as Buzz Brainerd. This week in baseball. I like you as too, pal. <laughs> Thank you, man. Um, let's, let's talk quickly about the NBA because it's been so off the map, and I've been so busy with high school football and – you know, college and MLB and other stuff with the show that I had no idea that apparently a week ago, Dame Lillard finally found a new team. The Blazers dealt Dame Lillard to the Bucks in a three-team deal back on the 27th, so that was the other day, and courtesy of ESPN News Services, there's, uh, there's Woj, the worldwide leader in, in sports. So Portland trading Dame Lillard to play alongside Giannis, and this was announced Wednesday. Portland receives Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, Tomani Kamara, Milwaukee's 2029 unprotected first-round draft pick and unprotected Milwaukee swipes rights in 2028 and 30. The Suns receive Joseph Nurchich, Grayson Allen, I probably botched that. Nasir Little and Keon Johnson is part of the trade package. Do you want to help me out there, Kev? I mean, it's not like the kids from Alabama. Yusuf Nurkic. Nur- oh, wow, I butched it too. Yusuf Nurchik, I believe. Thank you. And uh, the Blazers are expected to engage contending teams on trade talks to move Holiday, and I think, 
I don't quote me on this because I don't know for sure, but I think that may have happened last night. Um, so Lillard leaves Portland after 11 seasons, seven of those in all-star and all NBA teams led the franchise to the playoffs eight times, including a Western conference finals appearance in 1819. He ranks first in team history in points and three pointers, second in assists. And, um, he's excited for the next, for the next chapter. Had a career season last year, 32.2 points per game, 7.3 assists, played 58 games, sat out the final month. He scored 71 points on February 26th against the Houston Rockets. Oh, by the way, that happens to be when Sam and I met in person for the first time. Had our had our first date at the Island Bagel and Deli after I got out of church on Sunday, February 26th. It also happens to be the birthday of my cousin, Steph Rest in peace. And uh, so, just what a what a coincidence there. And um, so, any anything else that that was the big move that I saw. I was like, whoa, this happened. Um, anything else really new going on in the the world of the NBA? Have you been able to keep up with with much? Oh, I think Cause, it's because clearly I've had a few other things to to focus in on. It's not like they're playing games. Love when you hear, by the way, Sam, because um, Marcus gets a very special level of enthused, but uh, it makes the show romantic. I was flirting with you earlier, but an impression. Um, all these things aside, not quite Valentine's Day, the 26th. I like that you have it in there. Um, the NBA with Dame Lillard on the Bucks. Does that make the Bucks the best team in basketball? It's a good question. Uh, is Drew, Drew Holiday, as of recording, is not being traded, but we expect him to become an asset and be traded. Is he going to the Heat, Celtics, or another contender? change the picture uh can this is the one to you Marcus can Dame Lillard in a final series with Giannis healthy assuming they can get through that that juggernaut who defends Jamal Murray in the playoffs for the Nuggets I would say maybe are you talking like Milwaukee. The Bucks don't have anyone players. that can defend Jamal because yeah. Dame can't play defense at the point guard position, and that's the thing you got to remember when you bring on a guy with a stat line like that because he has an amazing offensive capacity. I believe he's thirty-three or thirty-four. Um, the Trailblazers intentionally were having him not play defense so he could be amazing offensively, and that's cool. But it's going to be interesting to see what he can do through a real thing juggernaut playoff run. He's going to beat the Suns, who are of a similar mentality, you know, approach to the game, where we're going to outscore you. Team that scores the most points usually wins the game. God rest in peace, John Madden. Uh, but out of the East, you got to be able to play defense, and the Bucks usually can. Oh, by the way, I knew that he got dealt. Holiday is no longer in Portland. He's in Boston. What? I knew I saw Live that reaction dealt. from Kevin, who loves defensive basketball. Six foot four inches tall, Drew Holiday. Give me some of that. Marcus Smart, who? I love you, Marcus Smart. Congratulations on your wedding. But uh, Drew Holiday changes that. Now we're talking Drew Holiday at point guard. We're going to have in the shooting guard position out of the University of Kentucky, Jason Tatum. From California, at the small forward position, you're going to have Mr. Brown, Jalen Brown, the two J's. At the power forward position from. Uh, oh, what foreign country is he from? Forgive me. It's it's in the east of Europe. Uh, Holiday? No, we're getting there. I'm getting a little whatever. Uh, Rob Williams is in the middle, and they're going to have Kristaps Porzingis, who I think is from Croatia. That sounds right. 
at Power Forward. I should know because he's an amazing world player. I believe he's giving up his world rights to come play with the Celtics this year. So anyway, Celtics, you're going to be fun. Are they better than the Bucks? I don't know. Robert Williams, Malcolm Brogdon to Portland. 2024 first-round pick via Golden State. 2029 unprotected first-round pick as well. So that's big. We talked about the uh, Dame Lillard trade, Ty Ty Washington, and Usman Garuba to Oklahoma City for at uh, Oklahoma City from Atlanta for Patty Mills, <laughs> and then Isaiah Todd to Memphis along with a 2024 first-round pick swap between the Suns and Wizards and a 2030 first-round pick swap between the Suns and Wizards for a 2025 second-rounder via New Orleans and a 2028 second-rounder via Memphis, 2029 second-rounder via Memphis also included. Grant Williams to Dallas, Boston getting a couple of second-round picks, Reggie Bullock, guard to San Antonio, and a 2030 swap right via Dallas. Uh, Rockets sending Kenyon Martin Jr. to L.A., Houston getting two first, uh, two future first-round picks. Damian Jones to Cleveland. I feel like we haven't talked NBA in forever. Um, Damian Jones to Cleveland from Utah. Indiana Pacers getting Obi Toppin. New York gets a couple of first-round – or. Two future first-round picks. Um, C.D. Osmond, Lamar Stevens to San Antonio for Max Strews. I think we talked about that. Oladipo to the Thunder. Miami Heat getting compensation. Monty Morris from Detroit, or rather to Detroit from Washington for a second-round pick and a trade exception. Uh, Joe Harris to Detroit for a trade exception for the Brooklyn Nets. Rudy Gay to Atlanta. For John Collins, a second-round pick goes to Atlanta as well. And we go into draft night trades, and so there's some stuff that happened through out there, but picks and some other folks throughout the world of throughout the world of uh, the NBA. And um, you're, I, I had heard about the story that Kevin is going to talk about involving his Boston Red Sox and uh I'm I'm going to give the floor to him cuz this this is definitely something near and dear to his heart but I I'm even getting choked up just reading off of his phone. Uh one of the one of the great knuckleballers has uh passed away at the age of I think it was 57. Kev all yours. I really got to check out the headlines before we start a show. Um it's it's again as of news time it says breaking on ESPN but uh yeah, I just wanted to, to share my experience with Tim Wakefield when I was a little kid. Um, my dad had a VHS recorder, and we got the Sox game that was Nolan Ryan on the Texas Rangers versus uh, – I'm sorry, no, Nolan was not pitching that game. It was Charlie Huff, the knuckleballer, versus Roger Clemens, and we watched it over and over because it was the best rocket performance I'd seen. And I got obsessed with the knuckleball. We had this guy from Pittsburgh who was a position player named Tim Wakefield – he was atrocious to watch because the knuckleball would float in there, and sometimes it would fly out. Most famously, it was against Aaron Boone. Um, and I, I hate to say, like Bucky Dent, he was known for something that went down because uh, he really wasn't. The fact was, Tim Wakefield lived around Boston. A lot of people knew him. Um, and he, for years, was just the most reliable fifth starter in baseball and so fun and was an all-star. I mean, also, he had some years where he was excellent. So um, the knuckleball, what an art form, um, but really – because it's the day of his passing also. What a man, a guy that we all knew in Boston. I shouldn't say we all knew, but we knew him as a player. Um, 
and a guy who lived on the South Shore and, and had a lot of influence on uh, – he was nice to people in the golf clubs. Say it like that. He he had a really good knuckleball and was, was one of a kind. Um, played with a lot of really good Boston teams. Gone at the age of 57, way too soon for sure. Um, what are the uh, the weekend plans and, and whatnot for you as we get ready to wrap this show up? It's football time, Marcus. Got a big game between the Pats and Cowboys for sure. I'll be checking out some of the stuff as well. We've got a couple of weeks off from doing football ourselves, but we've got a couple of games in the can that are going to be airing. Um, I think the plan is to have the Whale Branch Battery Creek game start airing for a week, and then we'll get to see here soon the game that you and D.C. had between Bluffton and Hilton Head over there at the Den, and then we'll have May River and Bluffton and uh, HHCA and HHP in the back half of the month of October. Um, thanks so much to Larry Jackamot and uh, Tyler Brown, TBMM Productions for the VOs and also the tunes. Certainly we'll see Larry here in the next few days back from Italy and France and had a had a great time, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll hear a lot of stories. Anything else to wrap it up? Just thank you to our audience. The reason the show is on a Sunday is because I was tired after doing the game late Friday. And the reason that um, it's going to come out late is because Marcus is going to let me hang out and watch the Patriots versus the Cowboys, which is going to be fun. How about them Cowboys? It's going to be a fun game. I've got some fantasy football riding on that one for sure. Um, it is, it's definitely going to be fun. It's been a fun start to the football season. This was a fun show for sure. First time doing it in almost a month. Uh, so thanks so much for checking it out as we've been talking a lot about reflection and uh, our reflections and uh, a whole lot more around the sports world and beyond. For Kevin Libby, for uh, Larry Jackamot and Tyler Brown, TBMM Productions, and the lovely Sam Wolf. thanks so much for sitting in. This is Marcus Walsh. Thanks so much for tuning in to this edition of the Marcus Walsh Show. We'll see you again here real soon. Until then, so long, everybody. Take your time, do it right, we can do it, baby. Do it tonight, baby, we can do it. Take your time, do it right, we can do it, baby. Do it tonight. Shout out to you, wanna get down.